Luke 24. So we come to the end of the fast. We've also come to the end of our time in Luke. Um, we're heading into Acts. And I hope you got the reading schedule that I sent out. It starts tomorrow. Um, it's a little longer per day, the reading schedule in Acts. Uh, but I'm really, really excited about this, to be able to spend this time in particular going through the book of Acts. Um, I think it's always great to follow up Luke with Acts, because Luke builds towards so many things that then get lived out and unleashed in the book of Acts through the apostles, through the growth of the early church. But everything hinges on this chapter. This chapter, chapter 24, is the, is the, the nucleus of the gospel. It's the center. It's the... My brain's a little foggy. What is the thing in the middle of a wheel called that everything rotates around? The hub. It's the hub around which the wheel turns. Okay? If you remember in Luke 1, the very beginning of the book, why did Luke write this for us? Why did he write it for Theophilus? It seemed good to me also, he says, having had perfect understanding of all things from the first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. And he says, many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they were delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses. Okay, here we have in chapter 24, the eyewitnesses of the resurrection, of the resurrected Christ. Okay? So much of the book of Acts is going to be about witnessing to the resurrection of Jesus. That's what the gospel is. Jesus died. Jesus was raised. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is coming again. This is the message and the mission of the church. And here's where it starts, right here in chapter 24. So I hope that your hearts are full of all of the things that we've been seeing in the book of Luke. Because they all, all those seeds begin to grow. All of those little sparks turn into a fire and then it starts to blaze, quite literally, in the book of Acts onward. So let's read this. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It's one of the great times in Luke where it was good not to find something. <laughs> They found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you while he was yet in Galilee? Remember where this all started? Back home. Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. 
Remember how many times he just said it very plainly and they were like, what? Huh? No. And be crucified and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, who Luke had mentioned earlier in the gospel as some of the women in particular that followed Jesus. And other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was to come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them said, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast thou not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? That's like someone, hey guys, what, what's this I hear about a coronavirus? <laughs> Have you just been under a rock? This is, this is the news every day. And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. We thought he was the one. We thought he actually was telling the truth. Apparently not. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things have been done. He's been dead three days. Now we know nothing's going to happen. <laughs> they, they, they indict themselves with the way they describe what's going on. Yeah, he died, and it's been three days. <laughs> Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And, they found, uh, and when they found not his body... They came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. And he said to them, O fools, I don't know if I ever want Jesus to, to say that to me. I don't know how I'd feel about my life after that. O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. But they still don't know who he is. And as they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, 
He took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way? While he opened up to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And found the eleven gathered together. And them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed. And hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in the breaking of the bread. And as they spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wonder, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. He keeps proving himself to them by eating with them. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Ruk Ruk Lot. Fuzzy brain. Luke wrote that we'd have certainly certainty of the things that we've been taught. All through this chapter, there is an aura of uncertainty in everybody but Jesus. And slowly and surely, that uncertainty gives way as Jesus himself is in their midst. When they encounter Jesus himself, he says, look, it's me. Look at my hands and my feet. I'm flesh and blood. Give me a piece of fish to eat. I'll eat it. Here, have some bread. It's really him. Everyone in this chapter was uncertain, but then they witnessed Jesus. And then they knew. And it changed everything. The holy, the, uh, Jesus was made real to them. They were perplexed, 
They were sad. It says they were bowed down looking at the ground. They were scared. They were unsure. They were disappointed in the way things were. They were foolish and slow of heart. They were in the dark. And when Jesus came into their midst, all of those things were reversed. Their fear was turned to joy. Their sadness was turned to rejoicing. Their confusion was turned to understanding. Their uncertainty was turned to certainty. Their perplexity was turned into clarity. And this is what happens when Jesus shows up. This is what happens to those who witness Jesus. Everyone in this chapter witnesses Jesus, and it changes everything for them. We're heading into the book of Acts, and Acts is all about, why does he say to go to Jerusalem to wait? You will be my witnesses. You will be clothed with power from on high to be my witnesses. There's a very interesting verse in Acts 5.32. This is, they've gone out, they've witnessed, there's been the day of Pentecost, and we're going to get into all of that. Fire has fallen. Thousands are being saved. And you start to wonder, how can the witness continue? Jesus is gone. There's just a handful of people that he appeared to. How can we witness Jesus? To, to, to witness, you have to be a witness, right? I mean, a witness has nothing to stay on the witness stand if they didn't see anything, right? If they were in a different county, a witness is useless. They didn't witness a crime or a murder, whatever. What good is a witness who hasn't witnessed anything? They're not good for witnessing. So Acts 5.32 says this. Let me start in verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. The Holy Spirit is a witness. The Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit saw him go into the ground and rise. The Holy Spirit saw him walk around and show himself in his resurrected body to his followers. The Holy Spirit saw all of that. And the Holy Spirit is ours. We have in our midst the greatest eyewitness of Jesus that there ever was. He says, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who believe, to those who obey. And so Jesus is in our midst. Jesus is here. What happens when he's here? Clarity. Understanding. Joy. Peace. When Jesus is here, 
We're no longer looking at the ground going, I don't know about all this. When we witness him, it changes everything. And what I'm saying is we do witness him by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we too are witnesses. We can say, yes, he's alive. Yes, I've seen his hands and feet. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit. And he's seen all those things. This is the foundation of the entire mission of the church. Testifying, witnessing to the risen Christ. That's the foundation of everything that we do. If Christ is not raised, we are of all people most to be pitied. Shut it down. Eat, drink, and be merry. What are we doing fasting for three days if Christ is not raised? Fasting has a funny way of bringing us into close contact with those parts of our heart that are the most sad, that are the most confused, that are the most downcast, that are the most disappointed. And I love that we fast three days because we get to the third day and then we start to see Jesus. We start to sense that the Holy Spirit really wants to reveal him to us. And this changes everything. Specifically, this chapter points out that he's known to them in the breaking of the bread. We have set aside earthly food. And we have come to, in this meager (laughs) representation, but which by the Holy Spirit is a means of grace into our lives, we've come to break bread with Jesus. And this is so significant that we've come to this chapter at this point in the fast, and we're going to break bread with Jesus. Here's what I want to say. We are witnessing Christ right now. We're knowing him in the breaking of the bread. We're knowing him in our fellowship. We're knowing him in this time of fasting. We are witnessing him. And so in the coming days, as we get into Acts, I want us to to remember that. And we are being clothed with power from on high to be his witnesses. Right? Go witness. Go share your testimony. What is your testimony? Have you been with him? Did you see his hands and feet? If your eyes can really grasp and if your heart can really understand what we are doing right now. You have seen him. You are. You are witnesses of these things. And so is everyone who obeys the Lord. So we encounter the risen Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Tonight, in particular, we encounter him by the Holy Spirit in the breaking of the bread. He is known to us in the breaking of the bread. And all of the clarity that set in, all of the encouragement, all of the joy and rejoicing, I am believing God to minister to us as a body as we draw near uh, and and break bread together. Amen? Amen. We are in an awesome season. Okay, We've We've been challenged time and time again by things Jesus has said in Luke, not to live and to draw our life and meaning to the, to the signs of the age. 
right? There's lots of signs of the age. We live in turbulent times. Now more than ever, we need to witness Jesus and to witness to the ends of the earth about who he is, okay? So this is the very foundation of everything we are and do as a church. And I want us to realize that and to, to realize the, the, um, the gravity of that, but also to realize the joy because of that. We don't have to wonder, right? Just like they saw him and they were like, wow, it's really him. We have that access. We have that proximity to him by the Holy Spirit. He is real to us. And we have an awesome meal that he has given to us to make him real to us. You know, even if our bodies don't believe, he says, here, give me a piece of bread and maybe they'll understand. Right? Maybe we need something tangible. Well, here it is. We will partake of his body and his blood. And by the Holy Spirit, who is a witness of these things, he will be made real to us. Amen? All right. So, Father, we pray that you would, um, that you would bless this cup, this bread. Lord, that it would um, cause us to remember the words that you've spoken to us. Lord, that it would cause us to take joy in who you are. That it would cause us to lift our eyes up from staring at the ground and being sad and being disappointed in the way things are going. Lord, that we would get a heavenly vision of you, the risen Lord. Lord, that we wouldn't seek for the living among the dead. There's nothing to find down here on earth. You are in heaven and you are seated at the right hand of the Father and you are coming again. And God, our hearts just echo and resonate with that truth right now. Lord, thank you for this fast. Thank you for bringing us to this place. And now, Lord, release your Holy Spirit. Fill us. Uh, Lord, fill us to overflowing with your very life, God. Lord, your body is true food and your blood is true drink. And I pray that we would truly eat and drink right now, Lord, in a way that earthly food could never, could never do for us, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, come up and grab uh, as many as you need, and then we'll, uh, we'll take it all together. And um, maybe we can close in a song.